0: This is BTS with CTV, behind the scenes, behind the stories. We bring you from the CTV Vancouver newsroom. My name is Penny Daphlos, and I'll be your guide behind the curtain to the battle to learn important details in a fatal police shooting. Journalists are increasingly hitting roadblocks, getting timely information from government agencies, so this week I want to use a tug-of-war with a watchdog agency that investigates police-involved incidents to illustrate a big issue in journalism today. Personal privacy versus information in the public interest. Who decides what's in the public interest? when someone has died at the hands of police. In this case, it comes down to the opinion and legal interpretation of a single man at the head of the Independent Investigations Office now probing a fatal shooting on Vancouver Island.
1: A suspected carjacker on the run stopped as he tried to drive off the
0: ferry. Tuesday, May eight. The huge RCMP presence converged at the Nanaimo ferry terminal. I hear this large, uh, it sounded like a collision, and I turn and there's a white van or truck that's hit this blue little car. Police say it had been stolen from the mainland in a violent carjacking.
1: The male uh, exited the vehicle, which what our officers believe was a firearm, and uh, shots were fired. They hauled him out on a stretcher, giving him CPR for a while.
0: The suspect died in hospital. What came next left journalists covering the case frustrated.
1: RCMP have no plans to identify the man killed. The Independent Investigations Office is looking into the suspect's death but says it won't identify the man to protect his privacy. There are lots of people who know who was uh, killed in this case. Um, uh, The important people. His family know. um, Those who are close to him will know. Um, We, of course, will know.
0: The rest of us may never know who died at the hands of police that day. So now for the first time on BTS with CTV, we've invited a non-journalist to join us on the podcast to discuss his agency's work and why it is that we can't report some of the details and answers the public expects and currently gets from most police forces. I want to welcome Ron McDonald, Civilian Director, of the Independent Investigations Office. Thank you so much for being here.
1: You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: I guess let's start out for people who may not be familiar with the Independent Investigations Office. What does the IIO do?
1: So the IIO is responsible for investigating all serious incidents involving police. Um, And that means any time a person is seriously injured or killed um, from the actions of a police officer, the IIO conducts an independent and transparent investigation into that matter. Um, And the key there is that we're independent. We're an agency that's run by myself, a civilian, that has has a large percentage. Actually, more than half of our investigators are non-police trained, although we have some who have police training in their background. And the whole idea is to give an independent look at what happened.
0: And I noted uh, one of the things that you said, it, there has to be injury, because some people see an incident with police, they question the use of force, and they say, why isn't the IIO involved? Because that sounds like it doesn't fall under your mandate.
1: Uh, that's correct, and that's a great question. Um, so our mandate starts, uh, it's defined by the injury. So it has to be a serious injury or death. And serious injury is um, something that is quite significant, something that will cause uh, permanent uh, loss of mobility of a limb or part of the body or, d- or serious disfigured um, so even sometimes when bones are broken, we still doesn't meet our mandate. So it's a fairly high standard, and that's our current mandate. Uh, it is possible, and on a few occasions over the last uh, five or six years, we have been directed into matters that don't involve serious injury, but that has to be a direction from the Director of Policing Services. That happens on occasion, and uh, not that often.
0: Uh, now, the reason that I'm having you on the pod is because we had a discussion a couple months ago uh, because in May, a man was shot and killed by RCMP at the Nanaimo Ferry Terminal. Your office took over conduct of the investigation because it was a fatality falling under your mandate. And we didn't get a lot of information like the victim's name. And that was something that is uh, something that the journalists aren't used to because usually we get a, an identity on this. Why didn't we get the name of the victim in that case?
1: Well, first of all, it is that's the normal standard for the IIO. The IIO has never... Uh, release the names of deceased in cases such as this. Um, so that's normal. Um, there have been circumstances in the past in B.C., as I understand it, where the coroner's office uh, did release names of deceased persons. However, they have changed their policy. Um, so why? Well, the, the answer to that is can be quite simple. That's what the law requires. The law in B.C., the privacy laws, which include the Freedom of Information and Protection of Privacy Act and seg- sections of our act, um, Require us not to release uh, persons' names unless there's a strong public interest in favor of doing so, and because the presumption is that there won't be a release of names, um, the pub the public interest that must be there has to be something quite significant. And uh, we've interpreted that, and that's a consistent interpretation applied across the country to be circumstances where there's a a, a real public safety concern if we don't release a name, um, or the needs of the investigation are such that we must release the name. Um, those two things happen very rarely, so um, our general position is that we do not release the names of uh, persons who are injured or killed in our investigations. We also don't release the names of uh, witnesses who come forward, and we don't release the names of subject officers or witness officers who are also involved. Um, the same rules apply across across the board.
0: If it's a matter of interpretation, though, why not go on the side of transparency and just letting people know what's going on? I mean, in terms of the subject officers, there may be more than one involved because these situations are fluid, they're complex. But when it comes to the victim, why not just err on the side of a little bit more transparency?
1: So um, I would say that the IIO is extremely transparent. Um, We are transparent about all of our investigations um, ourselves, which do not result in charges because we put out a public report. And in that public report, um, we uh, reveal all of the relevant details as to why we reached our decision not to send a matter to the Crown. The transparency now is head and shoulders above what there was prior to the IIO coming into existence or other organizations across the country. In the past, before organizations such as the IIO uh, existed, these investigations would be either done internally or by perhaps a a neighboring uh, police force, and there would be conclusions drawn. But it was rare that uh, a public report was done letting the public know all the facts. We now do that, so the public can see why we've reached our decisions. Uh, That's very transparent. Um, while there is an argument um, that the release of the names uh, can help with transparency there 's also a very strong argument that the release of the names can cause a great deal of difficulty and grief for either the injured person or in the case of deceased persons their family uh, families and We know that from first hand experience um, and so there 's a balance there and um, quite frankly, in our view, um, the name of the individual adds very little to why the police may or may not have committed a crime. That's just their name. Um, the, the, real, the facts surrounding the circumstances are what's important, and that's what we disclose.
0: I think that jars a little bit, considering that the uh, uh, IHIT investigators, the homicide team, they put out the names of victims sometimes the same day. Uh, The Vancouver police put out the names of victims. So there is already a standard with other agencies, similar agencies or agencies connected to you in some way, where there is that level of there is a a human face. There is a name for people to be able to understand civilian-on-civilian violence. Why would this be any different?
1: Well, um, our interpretation um, of the privacy legislation, which is uh, consistent with uh, all of the advice we've received from the privacy commissioner, is that we can't release those names except under the the, uh, various uh, small circumstances that I've already talked about. Um, The bottom line is... There are are laws that govern what government agencies who gather information from uh, members of the public can do with that information. Um, And that's already been decided. We don't get to make these decisions anymore. The legislature has made those decisions for us and has given us that direction. And um, while you say it's a matter of interpretation, um, the interpretation that we take here is consistent uh, with the other agencies right across the country. um, And it's consistent with similar agencies. Um, you talk about IHIT. I'm not certain that is actually their, their interpretation. Um, as you will recall in the nanoma matter, they have not released that individual's name either. Um, and Vancouver, um, I can't speak to. Don't forget, in those cases, um, you often have circumstances of a crime uh, knowingly having been committed. Until we do our investigation, uh, we don't know if a crime has been committed or not. Um, if, in fact, we refer a matter to the Crown and it's determined that a crime, has been committed, then a name is released um, at, those, at that time uh, once the charge is laid. Oftentimes, with, as you call it, civilian on civilian violence, it's obvious a crime has been committed, although you may not know who committed it at the time. You may have to do some work. So those are quite different circumstances. Um, whereas here, um, it's, it's until we've completed our investigation, we can't always be certain of that. Um, but once, if we do an investigation and determine that a crime has been committed, or at least the Crown determines that, then, the, uh, then it is the same, and that same information is released.
0: Your, your agency, though, was essentially created because people didn't like the idea of police investigating other police, which is what used to happen before. And the idea was that there would be, you'd be arm's length and there'd be a lot of, of trust there. And I think just the idea that people are being kept in the dark about a bunch of details, I don't know that that goes a long way towards seeming like things are being done differently and more transparent and in a more trustworthy way when you won't even release well, the name. Well, I
1: hate to interrupt, but you just made a comment that isn't true. Um, People are not being kept in the dark about a bunch of details. As I already said, we disclose all of the relevant details of our investigations at the conclusion, either with our own report where we don't uh, release, uh, where we don't recommend charges, um, or the Crown does it where they find that charges shouldn't be laid. Um, So... um, So it's not the case that a bunch of details are not released. That's very, I think, a very strong exception to that comment. The only thing that's not released are the names of the people involved. And as I said, um, the name of a person really doesn't impact at all the way the conclusion is released. And I must also stress something else. Um, While I hear a lot from media persons about the importance, how important this is, we do not hear this from anyone else. Um, In fact, to the contrary... Except for a few rare exceptions, um, affected persons and their families and witnesses are very glad their names are not out there for people to see and people to be aware of. Um, So while I continually hear this from members of the media, uh, with respect, um, that is not our experience.
0: As journalists, we are... We know that people are faced with a lot of information. There's a lot of things going on in people's lives. So when we are reporting on stories, we try to give something for people to connect with. And I'm thinking of a couple of reports from the Ministry of Children and Family Development. I'm thinking the PAGE report. A young woman in the downtown east side, legally blind, in and out of the system, fell through the cracks, she died. I'm thinking Alex Gervais, who lived a horrible life, And I think the reason that people cared about those stories is because they knew the people. So as journalists, it's not just about somebody went here, somebody went there. It is about a human with a family and with a backstory. So when I'm asking for information, I'm trying to make our viewers connect with people. This is somebody who died, somebody who had a family. So that's where I'm coming from. It's not a matter of, you know, right. <laughs> fighting you for information or anything like that. It's a matter of humanizing a story where somebody has died in unusual circumstances.
1: Okay, so you're talking about two different things again. You're talking about you doing your job. And by all means, um, if you're able to find out the identity of an individual, if you think that's important for your story, that's, then, then you use that. We are bound by the law. And I can't say that strongly But enough. you
0: said it's up to interpretation. No,
1: it's not. Re- the interpretation is quite clear. The, the act says that we shouldn't release these names unless it's in the public interest. What you're saying is that we should routinely release the names in all of these cases. Um, It's quite clear that the Act does not intend for us to routinely release these names. So I have no uh, doubt, and in fact, as I said, I've taken advice from the Privacy Commissioner's office on this, and they continually stress this point. There is no doubt, but the law does not allow us to release these names. We're a government organization. We're covered by certain laws. You, you are talking about a decision that has points on b- both sides of it. And in our society, we have a way to resolve disputes such as that. And in this case, that's been done by legislation. <clears throat> so the legislation is very clear that routinely we are not allowed to release names. So the media routinely asks us to release them. The law does not allow us to do that. So you're, um, and, and the flip side of that is, if the media believes that it is important for people to understand the name of the individual, for example, who was shot in Nanaimo, by all means, go out and uh, do some work and and find that name out. We are just not allowed to tell you tell it to you. Um, and again, I will stress, um, I heartily disagree uh, that the name itself plays much of a role in the public understanding what happening, what happened, knowing that person's name. Um, Will uh, provide little additional detail to the detail that's relevant in what we do, and that is determining whether or not the police have committed a crime.
0: But who determines what's in the public interest, though?
1: Well, in this case, uh, the uh, the director of this, uh, the the uh, of each any agency that gover- that gathers information must make that determination. And again, as I've said. The legislation creates a presumption against the release of information. It's quite clear that we can't, therefore, routinely release names. Therefore, it can only be in in exceptional circumstances. The scenario that you're discussing is for us to routinely release names in each of our cases. That clearly is contrary to the legislation.
0: Has that in any way, if there has been a name released in the past, has it ever compromised an investigation or otherwise impacted the outcome of the work that you're trying to do to determine you know, who was at fault and what happened in the circumstances of that case?
1: That's not the issue. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, it's the law. I don't have a choice. The legislature has spoken on this topic. Um, they have given us our direction. I have to follow the law. I don't have a choice.
0: We did ask the uh, public safety minister about this, though, and he did say that he expects that ultimately the name will be released. So does it matter if it's now or at the conclusion of the report? I, I think that most people wouldn't understand why, if it's going to ultimately come out in the end, it, why not just you know, explain who that is right now?
1: um if if uh, so in any of our investigations, there are two scenarios. one, we can refer a matter to the Crown for consideration of charges, or two we can we won't refer a matter in the cases where we don't refer a matter, um, we release a public report and the public reports as I've already said, will have all the details that explain our all the relevant details that explain our decision. Uh, we will not be releasing anyone's name in that public report.
0: So we'll never know who was shot and killed by police in Nanaimo? You'll not know from us. There are
1: other ways for you to find that out. Um, if this is a huge issue uh, that people believe that should be changed, then the answer is uh, approach people to have the law changed. But I can't change. I can't act in contrary contrary to the law.
0: So despite the public safety minister saying he expects that name to come out at some point, you do not anticipate that coming?
1: I, I, I can only say what, uh, what I believe the law requires me to do. Um, as I say, I, I am very confident in the position on that. And that is that our public reports are not uh, supposed to name individuals, except in very specific circumstances.
0: Do you think that this has a chilling effect, though, in terms of people being under, able to understand your work, the work of the, uh, of the justice system at large, and, and law enforcement? Don't you think that that kind of dehumanizing, uh, this you know, increasing privatization, don't you think it makes it harder for people to understand? Uh,
1: absolutely not. Um, I come from a jurisdiction where I, I led a very similar organization for six years. Um, these issues never arose. Um, with all due respect, this is an issue that's created by the media. Um, This is not an issue that there's a hue and cry from the public about. um, There is no relevance to what the name of that person is to whether or not the police were justified in their actions, and that's what we do.
0: But the only way for us to find out if this is somebody with a history of mental illness or other issues that could impact how this case could have been carried out is if we have that person's name. No,
1: that's not true. Uh, We are going to give you that information. That's what we do. That's our job. And in addition, if you wish to find that out, then take steps yourself to attempt to determine the name of this individual. In in other words, you're saying you need to tell us, and I'm saying I can't because the law says I can't. But I'm not saying that you can't go and find out that name. And um, quite frankly, I know that CTV has had information as to who the the name of that individual. So um, for whatever reason, the media has pinned this all on the IIO. which is very unfair because we can only follow the law. Um, And the bottom line is that information is there to be had if if you are able to determine it.
0: I don't think it's fair to characterize it as the media pinning anything on the IIO. We're just, as journalists, trying to get information on what's happening. We're trying to track the story because there have been... Backstories with all sorts of issues in the past. I'm thinking the um, an IIO investigation. I believe it was in um, it was either in Abbotsford or Chilliwack. And I spoke with the uh, widow of a fellow who had been running in and out of traffic with uh, his daughter in his arms. I I can't remember his name for the moment, and she said that he had struggled with substance abuse his entire life. He'd started out as a a, a normal person, and he was still a wonderful father. Substance abuse was a really big issue in his life. Mm-hmm. So. In that case, I believe he was identified by family members uh, on social media. So that's how we were able to get in touch with him. But in that case, we were able to find his identity. We were able to talk to family. And I understand that that's going to be something that's in your report. But if we're going to find that out anyhow, then why not just show that extra level of transparency to the public and be the one that... You
1: keep asking me the same question. I'm sorry, the law doesn't allow me to do that.
0: But the Solicitor General is telling us that you will, or that he uh, does expect you to. So, where's the I, disconnect I, I've here? I've
1: never, by the way, I've, I, I, I have never heard that quote. D.C.'s Public Safety Minister weighed in Monday. Obviously, uh, when uh, when it's appropriate to to release the name, uh, I'm sure that they they will. I think right now we need to let uh, the the process uh, take its its course. Um, But I'm telling you the law does not allow me to do that. So if you have a problem with the law, by all means there are steps that can be taken for people to recommend or take steps to determine whether or not that law should be changed. I can't change that law. Um, So I'm following the law when I don't put the name in our our reports. That's the simple explanation.
0: So if Mike Farnworth were to send you a memo saying, I expect that name to be released in your final report, what happens?
1: Uh, We're an independent body. Um, We operate... uh, I have to make... uh, The whole point of having independent government agencies is they... um, operate in an independent fashion. We don't take direction from members of uh, the government. And I'm quite certain that uh, Solicitor General Farnworth would never do that. Um, so you've created a scenario thats uh, that wouldn't occur.
0: I'm just telling you what we we asked him about it, and this is what he responded when we did this story. We did a follow-up a month after right. the incident happened.
1: And I can only tell you what I, what I believe the law to be and... Um,
0: so it would only be at the direction of the privacy commissioner that that policy would change?
1: No. <laughs> the legislation would have to change.
0: So then you would take direction from politicians if they change the legislation? Oh, of course.
1: I mean, that's the law. If the law changes, then then we would obviously uh, operate under the provisions of the law. But at this point in time, the provisions of the Freedom of Information and Protection of Privacy Act and, and our legislation, which are similar, um, and our, the sections in the Police Act that govern the IIO, um, are such that the routine release of names is not allowed.
0: And then is that, as the civilian director, would that be you determining that, or is there a panel within the IIO who would determine whether or not that would change and, and if this is the correct interpretation?
1: You keep asking me the same questions over and over again. I've already answered that. There's no question but that this is the correct interpretation. It's the
0: interpretation. But I'm, but I'm asking who says that that's the interpretation specifically?
1: Well, that's the job of the CCD, and in this case, that's me, um, to make uh, ultimate decisions such as this. So, yes, of course, I make that decision. I, I, When I make decisions in this organization, I typically take a lot of advice from those around me. Um, but as I've said already, um, this is a decision that I've made that's consistent with uh, all of the similar agencies across the country. It's consistent with the advice that we receive continually from the Privacy Commissioner in, in BC.
0: Anything else you wanted to add?
1: Um, Again, I I think it's very important to stress that um, the uh, the transparency of our investigations is is impacted, I believe, very little by the specific name of an individual. Um, What's key. Uh, and what's very important is that all of the details that ex- that are relevant to our investigation um, that uh, involve the actions of the police, the actions of an individual, the background of that individual that's relevant to what we do, um, that's all disclosed in our reports. And that's what the public needs to know. Um, the people who know this person, they know who he is. Um, we, of course, know who he is, and therefore we're able to obtain the necessary information that... that um, That helps tell us understand what 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 happened um by putting that name out uh, in the public what it does do is it creates a great deal of stress and anxiety um often in fact in from what we understand most cases for families and for affected persons you have to remember that our cases arise um Statutorily, in, in other words, we don't do investigations because there's an allegation of wrongdoing. We do investigations because the actions of a police officer have led to a serious injury or death, whether or not there is any allegation of wrongdoing. Um, for a person who may unintentionally uh, come into contact with police and be injured, um, and, and sometimes that individual isn't involved in any wrongdoing, to necessarily then have their name disclosed, um, is not only contrary to the, in my view, the act, um, but it's also, um, I believe, unfair to that individual. Um, What is fair to the public is that they know all of the facts as to why we've reached our decision, so that not only do they have to take my word for it, they can see why we've reached that decision um, for themselves, and that those facts are disclosed.
0: So I'm hearing then that what people should take from this is that your compassion for the victim's families is superseding the public interest in having full disclosure of everything you're able Absolutely to give us. Absolutely not.
1: That is not what I'm saying. Uh, i am going to repeat myself again. Um, I'm saying the reason we make these decisions is because that's what the law tells us to do. The legislature has made these decisions already. That's that's really the, I start it that way and I'll end that way. This is the law of British Columbia and, and the, the other provinces of Canada is why we make these decisions.
0: Thank you so much for being on BTS with CTV. Okay, you're welcome. I also want to thank Adam Lee for his support with Archival Audio this week, and thank you for joining us on BTS with CTV. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast? Email me, bts at ctv.ca, and if you like what you heard, please subscribe for more insights, tidbits, and the stories behind the stories. I'm Penny Daflos.